there will be at the judgment seat of Christ disinheriting for believers who have wasted their salvation. Dr. Tony Evans says God wants us to live in the light of the future, not only in the light of the now. Because the life now is preparation for the life then. And what we do with this life affects what he does with us in the life to come. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. In the past 55 years, more than 150 Olympic medals have been stripped away from athletes or teams who broke the rules and were considered undeserving of their rewards. Well, Dr. Evans notes that in a similar way, unfaithful believers can lose rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Let's join him now as he explains. Now, to make sure we understand what the issue is, the judgment seat of Christ is only for believers. It's only for people who have accepted Christ. When you accept Christ, a legal transaction occurs. The biblical word is justification, where God transfers the righteousness of Christ to your account so that you're declared innocent in God's courtroom because of the shed blood of Christ, which gives you access to heaven and gives you the granting of eternal life by faith alone in Christ alone. That establishes your eternal destiny. But the issue of the judgment seat of Christ is how did you serve the Christ who saved you? It's not about entrance, it's about reward. There is the examination of the time when you became a Christian to the time of your transition to eternity. How was God glorified and how was his kingdom advanced by your life as a believer? That becomes the issue. And the Bible says that there will be rewards and there will be losses of rewards for believers. Second John chapter 1 verse 8 says, watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. The concern is that you don't lose reward. There will be at the judgment seat of Christ disinheriting for believers who have wasted their salvation, who have not valued the eternal life, which can never be taken away. That's the security of the believer. But the rewards, which are tied to work, service, commitment, can be lost. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15, it says that believers' works can be burnt up, yet they will be saved just as so by fire. It's putting wood in the fireplace and watching the wood burn to ashes. It's taking the Christian life and putting it under the fire of God's discerning judgment and watching your life burn before his eyes because there was little of eternal value associated with your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. The issue that we face today is to challenge all of us to go for the reward and get all 
that God has for you in the life that is to come. Because the life now is preparation for the life then. And what we do with this life affects what he does with us in the life to come. That is your reward. It's a big deal. I want to walk you through just a few of Paul's statements about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, or adulterers, or effeminate, or homosexuals, or thieves, nor the covetous, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 19 says this. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 7 he says therefore do not be partakers with them for you were formerly darkness but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. He says do not be partakers with them. Because he's concerned that we do not lose our reward. He says in verse 5, For you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. All of us fall short. All of us are sinful people. All of us have struggles and problems. But what he's talking about is adopting a lifestyle that is against the will of God. He calls it, this is the practice. This is the unrepentant person who is not seeking to grow to please the Lord. He says, those people will not inherit the kingdom. That is, they're going to lose reward. They, they will be disinherited. We know what it is for people to experience losses. Uh, ben Johnson in 1988 had his gold medal stripped from the 100 meters because they found drugs in his system. In 2000, we remember that Marion Jones was stripped of five gold medals because of steroid usage. So the reward that was given was removed. So what God wants to do is to motivate us to merit, to earn rewards. Can't earn salvation, but you can earn rewards. I want you to look with me at Matthew 22. 
We're told in Matthew 22 that the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. So this is God giving a party for Jesus. You'll discover that this party is called the millennial kingdom. The millennial kingdom is a 1,000 year long party. The story goes on to say guests were invited to this party who turned down the invitation. So these are non-Christians who reject. But then we're introduced to another group. The slave went out in verse 10 into the streets and gathered together people and brought them to the wedding hall and filled it with dinner guests. So now folks accept the invitation. And he said, verse 11, but when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. So we got the group that rejects the invitation. Then we've got the group who accepts the invitation and they are there at the party, the wedding feast. The king comes over and he sees a guy who's not dressed for the party. He's not wearing clothes appropriate to the occasion. He says to him, friend, because he's a guest of the party, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? Why, how are you going to come here looking like that? And the man was speechless. In other words, he didn't have an excuse for why he was dressed like this at this fancy party that the king was giving for his son. Then the king, verse 13, said to the servant, bind him hand and foot, throw him into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Now, at first thought, that sounds like somebody's kicked in the hell. At first thought, it feels like they're placed in eternal judgment, separation from God, because he's kicked out into darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. But Dr. Evans says there's something important to note here that could easily be missed, and he'll tell us what that is when he returns in just a moment. Stay with us. Ready to make a difference? Created for Compassion is your guide. Join Dr. Evans on a 30-day journey to cultivate godly compassion. Scripture, insights, personal reflection, and daily kindness challenges will equip you to be a transformative force. Let's bring kindness to a hurting world. Find out more about the Created for Compassion devotional guide at TonyEvans.org. Now, today's lesson comes from Tony's brand new series called The Judgment Seat of Christ. It's an in-depth look at what to expect on that coming day and will inspire you to live better today in light of tomorrow. Through the series, you'll find encouragement to refocus your life on what's important and everlasting, finding ways to make God a part of everything you do and discover true fulfillment in the process. It's all covered in this set of eight full-length lessons that includes material we won't have time to bring you on the air. And right now, we'd like to send you this complete audio collection as our gift. 
when you make a donation to help support our work here on the air and around the world. And if we hear from you right away, we'll also include a special bonus, Tony's powerful booklet, Winning Your Spiritual Battles, a handy pocket reference that'll help you push past barriers the enemy places in your life. Just visit us today at TonyEvans.org for details, or call our Resource Center at 1-800-800-3222. That's 1-800-800-3222. And now let's get back to part two of today's lesson. Let's look, since we're in Matthew, to Matthew chapter 8, verse 12. He says, But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See if we can find something else. Matthew chapter 13, verse 37 says, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, and the field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one. So the sons of the kingdom are believers. Believers can be cast into outer darkness and the weeping and gnashing of teeth or, as Matthew 22 says, be kicked out of the party. It is talking about the king's response to Christians who will have no excuse because the man was silent at the judgment seat of Christ. I saved you. I gave you the Holy Spirit. I gave you a church to teach you. I gave you correction and you have nothing to show. Look at how raggedy you are at my party. Those believers who lose reward will be excused from participating at this party. To be sure, it does not interfere with your eternal destiny if you've trusted Christ. But he says, make sure you don't lose your reward your benefits, your blessings that have been provided to you by the cross of Christ. There's a woman who was upset, very upset, when she got to heaven that her house was so small. So she's talking to Peter and she says, St. Pete, why my house so small? Peter said, because it was built with the materials you sent up here. The point is, you have a lot to say about how much of heaven you get to experience. Not whether you go there, not if you've trusted Christ, but your experience there is not the same based on the kind of Christian you were. Repentance is the master key of getting back on track with God and reclaiming what you lost. It's Starts with an internal decision. I no longer want to keep going down this road. There are three words to understand repentance that will help us. First of all, you must recognize and admit where you have failed. You cannot help a person who will not admit their failure. You and I must come clean with God. That means... The Sadiddy prayers have got to go. The spiritual facades have got to go, and you've got to be raw with God. 
You've got to say, this is how I've abandoned you. This is, these are my sins. These are my failures. God, I want to be raw with you now. So that is confession. For a person who confesses their sins, a, a homologia, the Greek word for confess, means to say the same thing. Means to agree with God. You must agree with God and what he says about it in spite of what you think about it or feel about it or want about it. So there's the recognition of guilt. Then there is the remorse. That is, the Bible says, godly sorrow brings you to repentance. Not sorry I got caught. Sorry I've offended God. It is the pain of the failure. Calls it godly sorrow. I'm sorry because I've hurt God. Of course, if you have a low view of God, then you won't feel sorry you hurt him because he's so low, you don't care. So the higher you feel of God, the more pain you will feel at disappointing him. The closer in any relationship you have, the closer you are, the more you feel the hurt you did. You don't care about a person, you may not feel it as much because you don't care about it. One of our problems is that our view of God is so small that we don't feel it when we hurt him. So there is the recognition, there is the remorse, and then there is the return. The return, the reverse. James 4, 1 to 10 says to reverse your direction, submit to God, it says. The way Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15 says, if you repent and return, then he will deliver. Acts 3.19 says, repent and return so that the day of refreshing may come upon you. Let me tell you how important repentance is. Repentance is really supposed to be a lifestyle, not an event. It's, it's as you're moving and you run into you. You, you run into you. You acknowledge that to God. That's why you pray without ceasing. It's not just an event. It's a, it's a way you flow. That I've let you down, God. I've hurt you, and I, I am sorry. And, 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 and every day there may be something to repent of. Why? Because you don't want to go a long stretch with this broken relationship. So it repairs the relationship. But let me tell you another thing repentance might do. What repentance might do is it gives God the prerogative to prevent, terminate, reverse, or limit judgment and consequences. Because the bad thing about leaving God is you run into consequences. You run into the repercussions of the decisions. Okay? And they're like consequences all in this building. No, things that are the result of our walking away from God. But God in his grace has the option. It's his choice. But at least you've created the option of him adjusting consequences. He determines that. But the point is, that is how important repentance is to 
continuing our road with God and getting back on our road to rewards. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, John the Baptist says, and bring forth the fruit of repentance. Ah. Let's say you got this internal resolve. I'm going to turn. I'm going I'm to turn away from this, away from my apathy, away from my sin. I'm going to get back on track with God. Let's say you say that. How do you know you meant it? How do you know you didn't just say it because you heard a sermon on the loss of rewards? <laughs> or somebody made you feel guilty and you say, yeah, I'm going to get straight. I'm gonna... How do you know you meant it just because it's January 1st and you made a New Year's resolution. He said, true repentance has fruit. Bring forth the fruit of repentance. When when you go to the airport and you board the plane, you know what they're going to ask you? They're going to say, let me see your ID. Now you can say, don't you believe me when I tell you who I am? No. We want to see proof of your identity. So the way you know that you're for real and that other folk know when you said, I'm sorry, that you're really sorry and you are for real is that there are some apples on this tree, some oranges on this tree, some pears on this tree. That is, you are doing visible things that demonstrate it. When a person says, I'm sorry, but are not taking visible steps to prove that they have turned in another direction, you know that's false repentance. It's not true repentance because there's no fruit because fruit is always visible. You've never seen invisible fruit in your life. There's no such thing as invisible fruit. Fruit is always visible and fruit will always tell you what's happening at the root. You may not be able to see the root downside, but you can see the fruit up front. And if the fruit is there, that means that the root is producing that fruit. So if you have a question about your own sincerity, your own uh, doubts, or other people question, does he really mean it? Does she really mean it this time? Check the fruit. Don't just hear discussion about the root. He says, bring forth the fruit of repentance. Why? So that we get back on the track of rewards. Dr. Tony Evans will return with a special thought in just a moment. First, though, if you're ready to learn more about Jesus Christ and the gift He offers you today, visit TonyEvans.org and follow the link that simply says Jesus. There, Tony will tell you all about what it means to be a Christian and walk you through everything you need to know to start a brand new life. Check it out today. Now, there's more to today's message than we were able to bring you on the air. But as always, a full-length copy of this lesson is available. Just check with us for information on the title, The Losses of the Judgment. Better yet, ask about getting a copy of the complete series, The Judgment Seat of Christ, a collection of eight messages that will help you reset your focus and attention on God and His priorities. As I mentioned earlier, it's yours with our thanks when you make a donation toward Tony's ministry. And we'll also include a copy of his practical booklet, Winning Your Spiritual Battles. So visit us today at TonyEvans.org to get all the details and to make your contribution and request. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or call our 24-hour resource center at 1-800-800-3222 and let one of our team members help you. That's 1-800-800-3222. 
800-3222. Well, before I tell you about what's in store for tomorrow, Dr. Evans wanted to take a moment to share this brief thought with you. Hello, this is Dr. Tony Evans with The Urban Alternative, wanting to wish all of our friends a very happy Thanksgiving. No matter how challenging things are, there's always something to give thanks for. Let God know your gratitude this Thanksgiving as you celebrate it with family and friends. Coming up tomorrow, it's been famously said that with great privilege comes great responsibility. Dr. Evans says that's certainly true for those of us privileged to be in God's family. I hope you'll carve some time out of your Thanksgiving celebration to join us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you.